Man, God is so good. I want to, we'll see how this comes out, (laughs) but I want to talk to you about God's grace. And no matter where we are, no matter how we got here. We got here because of God's grace. Our sins were removed because of God's grace. Our walk with Him, the wisdom, the knowledge that we have obtained during our walk with God it's because of his grace it has nothing to do with us it's God's grace and mercy because there's nothing that we could have done to earn salvation. Absolutely nothing. Because the word tells us that that while we were yet still sinners, that he saved us. So let's see where this grace takes us. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you just as in all the world. Also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood The grace of God in truth. So from that day, from the day that we understood God's grace, from the day that we understood that we needed salvation, that we needed a Savior, that was the beginning of understanding God's grace and truth. And from that day forward, the Word tells us that it has been growing in you. 
Let me read it to you out of the Amplified. Because of the hope of experiencing what is laid up, reserved, and waiting for you in heaven. Of this hope you heard in the past. In the message of the truth of the gospel which has come to you. Indeed, in the whole world, that gospel is bearing fruit and still is growing by its own inherent power. Even as it has done among yourselves ever since the day you first heard and came to know and understand the grace of or undeserved favor of God. In reality, reality, deeply and clearly. Thoroughly becoming acquainted and intimately or becoming accurately and intimately acquainted with it. So the more that we become acquainted with this grace, this truth, we understand that it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with how much sin I have committed, will commit because of the grace of God. Now, it does not give us the right to continue in sin. That is no excuse. The grace of God is no excuse. But even if you sin, the grace of God is there to remove that sin from you as far as the east is from the west and to throw it in the sea of forgiveness. In James chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, the scripture reads, Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit, spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, 
It says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The NIV reads this way. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that He jealously longs for the Spirit He calls to dwell in us, but gives more grace? That's why Scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So how do you get this grace? You have to humble yourself. How do you humble yourself? By when the Spirit shows you who you are. You say, yes, God. I see that that is not pleasing to you that is in me. And then what does he do? That's humbling yourself. You know, I think that's, that's what happened to all those that wanted to stone that woman caught in adultery. He made them humble themselves. Because what did he say to them? He said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And they realized that they all had sinned. He made them humble themselves. So by seeing who we are, when the Spirit Himself shows us the things that we need to deal with, that we say, I see. If we walk around thinking that we don't sin, if we walk around thinking that I am perfect, then we become like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Who knew, see, that's, that's a dangerous place to be, especially to a Christian who knows the Word, who knows it, knows Scripture backwards and forwards, but yet doesn't allow God, the Spirit of God, to penetrate into our hearts to show us where we're really at. See, because it's the Spirit that gives life to the Word. Because Jesus Himself said that the law, there's no life in it. It's the Spirit that gives life. So the Spirit has to give life to the Word. So it's not how much word we know. But it's truly our daily walk with the Spirit. 
our daily communication with Him. Not what we have accomplished. Not how many years I have been serving God. But you see, we've served God all these years because of His grace anyway. It's not me. It's not the work that I do. It's not about works. I cannot earn salvation. But, but I want to expand our salvation message, our grace message a little further than just sin. Because there's a lot more to the mercy and the grace and the goodness and the kindness of God than just removing our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. And it's all the same. It's all grace. In 1 Peter 2.24, the Scripture reads, And He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by His wounds you were healed. The Amplified reads this way. He personally bore our sins in His own body on the tree as on an altar and offered Himself on it that we might die Cease to exist to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. So how do I want to expand this grace which by you have been saved? Well, this grace that has come to you freely, that you didn't have to work for, that has removed your sins, has also removed every sickness, disease, germ, and virus that tries to attack your body. And the reason I say this is because what we do is we find it so easily to accept the first part of this verse. And this is not separating different verses. This is still the same verse. 1 Peter 2.24. It is the same verse that has removed your sin also tells you that you have been healed, that you were healed. 
by His stripes. You don't earn it. There's nothing you can do except accept it the way the same, it's the same faith that removed your sin from you is the same faith that removes that sickness and disease from you. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. So I want us to understand that there's, there isn't anything you did, anything you're going to do, that is keeping you from being healed other than just accepting the same grace. But we think of it as two different acts. But it all came at the same time. You know, I think what happens is we have heard, oh, there's no sickness in heaven, there's no suffering in heaven, because we read that in Scripture. And we're looking forward to that and accept that, that there is no sickness and no disease in heaven. We also know that there's no sin in heaven. But we also accept so easily that our sin has been removed from us while we're still on this earth. Why is it that we find it so difficult to receive the total grace package? It's because we have to be renewed in our thinking, thinking that we have to earn our healing when we don't. You don't earn it. Now, I know that Scripture comes to mind. Because you know that the devil will also bring Scripture to your mind. He tried to quote it to Jesus. And I know one that, that he'll try to cause you to question yourself is, why then did Jesus tell the woman that he healed to go and sin no more or something worse would come upon her? That's a good question, isn't it? But could it be because he hadn't gone to the cross yet? To remove that sin from her. That could have been the reason he quoted that to her. 
I don't know. But I do know that 1 Peter 2.24 tells us, For He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were, were healed. Just like your sins were forgiven at the cross. They were. Even before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins have already been paid for. That's what the Word tells us. So what we have to understand is, is the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we have to understand that there was a curse. There was a curse. And in Deuteronomy 28, 15, and 61, now I've skipped like that because I don't want to read every single curse that would come upon them if they were disobedient to the commandments and statutes of God. Deuteronomy 28, 15, and 61. It says, But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you this day, then all these curses shall come upon you. And overtake you. And verse 61 reads. Also. Every sickness and every affliction. Which is not written in this book of the law. The Lord will bring you. Until you are destroyed. Now that's what he said to those Israelites who would not obey Him. Who would not keep... Now, mind you that all they had to do was keep the commandments of God to keep all these diseases to come upon them, right? Because He said, if you will not obey, then He would cause them to come upon you. Mind you, all this is still God's grace. Because in Galatians 3.13, this is part of God's grace. It says, Christ redeemed us 
from the curse of the law. Becoming a curse for us, it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He's talking about that same curse that was back then. But Christ removed it from us. The cursed has been removed. It's been removed. Just like the sin has been removed, the curse of sickness and disease has been removed from you and I. It's all God's grace. Now remember, you don't earn it. You don't earn it. It's all part of salvation. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse nine, uh, 4 through 9. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead, in our transgressions made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we were dead in our transgressions, by His grace, He even seated us with Him. But when, when did that take effect for you and I? When we accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, instantly, instantly, we were raised with Him. Because it says, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And where are you now? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Shall I continue? In order, glory to God, in order that in the ages to come, 
So that was in the future. I would say we're in the future from, from then. And I would say we're ages in the future from then. Right? In order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Again, to us who are in Christ Jesus. Sad to say that there are many in this world who are still in their transgressions and in their sins and they're not seated with Christ in heavenly places because they have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But that's not us. So what? He's showing His grace. And what is showing His grace? He's showing His grace by removing our sins and our sickness and disease that tries to come and attack our bodies. He removes it from us. We need to accept the total package of salvation and this grace that God wants to show. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. So it doesn't matter how many people you've laid hands on, how many people you have brought into the kingdom of God. It does not matter. Your salvation, the removal of your sins, the removal of sickness and disease from your body has nothing to do with all that work. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, whatever you've done. And I'm sure to say that, that we all have sinned. But you see, what the enemy does is when we sin, he tries to hold us in condemnation. And as long as he can hold us in condemnation, he can keep us thinking, well, God, I sinned. How can this sickness be removed from me?
So we have to understand that it has nothing to do with that. All we have to do is say, God, forgive me. I have sinned. And confess your sin. Instantly he'll remove it. Instantly he'll remove it. But like I said, it's not an excuse to sin. We still have to resist sin. We still have to fight against sin. But just, thank you God, just like we have to fight against sin, we have to resist sickness and disease from our bodies. We don't accept it. What do we say? No, no, just like Jesus. When the devil tried to tell him, well, if thou be the Son of God, then command these stones to be turned into bread. But he said, no. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So this word, this 1 Peter 2.24. No, it is written. For he himself bore my sins in his own body on the tree. That I might die to sin. And live unto righteousness. By his stripes I was healed. Or what Galatians tells us. No, Christ, Christ became a curse for us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. How do you confess that? No cancer. No diabetes. No whatever it is. Whether mental. No. Christ Redeem me from the curse of the law. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from cancer. I've been redeemed from diabetes. Whatever it is. Whether it's a heart problem. A recirculation. It does not matter. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Grace has been given to you and I. Grace not only removes sin, but it removes sickness and disease. God By His grace. 
Let me leave you with, with this. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone in whom we, in whom the whole building being fitted together and is growing. Now remember, it's growing by its own inherent power. And it's bearing fruit because of the power that is within the Word itself. Into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. We're being built into a dwelling. Think about that. See, we think about, about God being out here. But God is in here. And, and healing and forgiveness of sin is not coming from out here to in here and then removing it. It's coming from in here and it's casting it out. It's casting it out because it says the Spirit Himself, the Spirit quickens our mortal bodies. See, we don't need to confuse the gifts of the laying on of hands of healing because that's just another method of how to receive healing. But you don't have to have that. Realize who is in you and what He has already given you. And it's yours. Father, we praise You when we worship You, Lord God. Father, let Your Word dwell mightily within us. And allow the Holy Spirit to cause that Word to come alive within us and bear fruit mildly to show Your glory, to show Your goodness, to show Your kindness toward us, 
who are in Christ Jesus. Father, let it turn, let it turn, let it not go forth out of our minds. Let us not put other things in our minds and our thoughts that push your word out. God, convict us, draw us, help us obey your spirit, whether it's for a minute or five minutes or an hour, whatever you desire. Make us vessels, Father, to worship you and live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.